following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthling. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of Virginia. <laughs> I think Jackal's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you again. The Jackal. Welcome one, welcome all, welcome friends, welcome foes to another exciting episode right here inside this wacky skull called Inside the Jackal's Head. Thank you all for joining me on this lovely November 29th, 2020. Yes, folks, uh, we're about to enter the dark winter. Coming up soon, we have one more day left, and a couple hours will be the 30th, and then December hits, and uh, we have the clock ticking. Folks, if uh, you're aware of what's been going on, it's been crazy times at the Apollo, to say the least. We have a lot of cover tonight, and we have a wonderful guest waiting in the wings, and uh, actually a good friend of mine is listening in also who is in the road to recovery. But before I get to him, I'm going to uh, talk about the guest I have on the second hour. June Lundgren is going to be on with me. She's a lovely, lovely lady. You guys are going to enjoy that conversation. And uh, and she is somebody that I, uh, I've i been actually looking forward to have on for a couple of weeks now. And uh, we just uh, got off the uh, Skype a little while ago. And it's going to be a fantastic show. Um, as you are aware, guys, uh, the uh, show is live on psn-radio.com, also Softflow Radio, and uh, sometimes, uh, maybe not all the time, I'm not sure, i got to go with Odin on this, I don't know what's going on, but I think Global Enlightenment Radio Network is also carrying us, uh, maybe, perhaps, I don't know what's going on there, enlighten us, Odin. But uh, anyway, uh, no matter how you check out the show, whether it's on either one of those platforms, we are on SoundCloud, we're on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and all over the place. And no matter where you check us out, remember, you can always find us or find me in this show on podcast right on my main website, angelespino.com. That's right, that's my main website, angelespino.com. And there you'll find all my latest podcast content and information. Everything is downloadable. Uh, not only this show inside the Jackal's Head, but also my past shows, like the ones I used to do with Bill and Nancy Burns, called Future Theater. My old Skywatchers radio show with uh, now my friend who's on the road to recovery, Seth Allen Weiler. Shout-outs to him. He, as you guys know, had a uh, heart attack a few weeks ago, and uh, he is uh, doing better and gave us all a scare. But uh, he's doing better now, and uh, he's on the road to recovery. I, I do believe he's listening in, you know, right now to the show. If not, he'll probably be checking us out on podcast on the website uh, when he wakes up. I know he was taking a, a nap earlier. Because he's kind of like on some weird sleeping hours now. You know, it's it's uh, a tough road now for him. But, um, you know, we, we wish him the best. And I know he's a tough dude. So, he's you know, he's going to make it through. He's going to make it through. And uh, if uh, he uh, does what he's, uh, you know, asked of 
by the doctors and he follows the right path, I do think that he's going to be okay. And uh, again, we wish him nothing but the uh, the best and speedy uh, road to recovery. He was the famous other guy. For those who have uh, been listening for a long time, who used to follow Skywatchers Radio, he was the other guy. Coined, by the way, by Bill Burns, who named them the other guy. Uh, also, if you guys follow the show, please check out the Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Angel Espino. Uh, again, if you like what we do here on the show, please follow that website. And uh, please join the Patreon movement. We're trying to start up something really cool here with not only this show, but the network itself. You know, it's uh, not easy doing this uh, on a timely scale and getting the right information out to the public of what's happening in the world and what's going on with society and doing a lot of these interviews take time to set up. So uh, the way we sustained uh, the lights on is uh, through your contributions and uh, please check out the Patreon website. Every little helps. So again, that's patreon.com forward slash Angel Espino. Again, my given birth name Angel or as my glorious, beautiful mother used to call me. Angel, Angel Espino, angelespino.com, all one word. Uh, now, I have a couple ironic clips that I wanted to uh, get to, uh, one really funny and um, one really, really funny. Both really, 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 really funny stuff uh, that's uh, been going on with the latest news around the globe. And uh, this is going to um, perhaps make some of you cringe a little bit. Maybe not. Maybe you'll chuckle along at one of these. One might actually make you cry a little bit. In in good in a good way, not in a, a sad like you know um, infomercial with Callie Struthers from like uh, All in the Family type of way where there's kids that are like they look they look like they're like forty pounds when they're wet and wearing boots, and she looks uh, like she was like maybe a hundred and eighty pounds overweight. Uh, you know she should maybe had uh, put down the uh, extra you know chocolate bar and given it to the kids. I don't know, but. Um, not in that kind of way. It, it, more like a, you know, a couple of tears of laughter and, and, and at the expense of father time and a, an old man who just uh, doesn't understand things anymore or he has been faking it for a long time. And I'm talking about creepy, sleepy, the sniffler, Joe Biden, the presumed president-elect. There's a, a funny clip that uh, has been uh, circulating the interweb for the last couple of days. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, uh, Thanksgiving, Turkey Day, or as the Turkish call it, or, you know, this is the Turkey's uh, least favorite holiday, by the way. Scratching my back here, uh, but the Turkeys like to call it their Holocaust. 
<laughs> that's what Thanksgiving is. I mean, you know, gobble, gobble. Poor turkeys. They are delicious, though, I'll tell you that. Turkeys. Turkeys, by the way. Um, let's see. That one might, that clip, it, it might actually, again, make you laugh out loud, cry a little. If you have a leaky gut, be careful. You might, you know, dirty or soil the underwear. So, careful with that. Now, there is uh, some sad news I want to get to first before we get to that. Uh, This is something that really, uh, man, this this one hurt. Uh, You you know, I grew up loving the characters this, uh, this guy portrayed. And uh, he's passed away. And I'm talking about legendary icon British actor Dave Prowse. The man behind Darth Vader's mask passed away. And it's with great, great heart-wrenching sadness for myself and uh, millions of fans around the world uh, that I announce uh, another one of my childhood heroes in the world of movies and Hollywood, you know, left us uh, to head to the next level of the Force. And uh, this one, uh, I I really feel like, uh, you know, I really feel, you know, bad and just sad on this one, man. I I mean, as uh, I have, uh, you know, Vader forever marked on my body, on body art, I actually have a tattoo of Darth Vader, and I have been... A fan of, uh, you know, this, uh, character and this, uh, man in my entire adult life and, uh, you know, my entire childhood really. I was born the year Star Wars 77 came out in 77. On 77. Yeah. And, um, you know, David Prowse, remember he was the guy behind the, the, the mask. He wasn't the voice. That was James Earl Jones. But without Dave Prowse uh, and his amazing work in the suit, the the character just would not have been uh, the same. Would have been vastly different. While his voice uh, again was finally uh, not used, and it was dubbed because of his accent. You know, ironically, in a movie loaded with English actors and British accents, his uh, was a little too British for the uh, Dark Lord of the Sith. And uh, his uh, humble tone got, uh, you know, got them to go with screen icon again, James Earl Jones, to play the voice. But the body movement and everything we visually saw on screen in the entire original trilogy was that of David Prowse. Um, I mean, so you could say that one half of what made Vader great is now gone. Um, yes, folks, uh, 2020 claims another name, uh, man, another namely iconic actor. Uh, one that, uh, again, goes back to when I first started watching movies. I mean, I can, and I remember a moment in time where I did not know of David Prowse or, again, or any of the Star Wars, uh, you know, icons. And, uh, this, uh, man will be, Definitely remembered by a lot of uh, a lot of fans. I'm talking about millions of fans, and he also uh, was very famous in the UK. 
uh, for playing on uh, TV the Green Cross Code Man, which uh, it was like a crossing guard superhero type of character, which I think that that might have been what got George Lucas to really notice him because of his height and the way he played that that role. I think that's what got him noticed, and uh, Lucas said he might be good for this. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not too sure on that, but I would take that to the bank that that had something to do with it because that was a very popular, um, that was a really, really popular character in the U.K. at the time. So I'm just uh, really uh, depressed on that one, uh, man. So rest in peace, David Prowse, again, screen icon, born in... Uh, 1935 and passed away in 2020 folks he was 85 years old he just had uh turned 85 a few months ago so and uh he had uh had illnesses before this is not a you know beer bug or kung flu related uh he had uh, other issues uh for a few years and uh, you know, father time, mother time, the force just caught up with him and apparently he was needed. So his, uh, name was called and, uh, I just want to, you know, wish him, uh, well, wherever his next level of existence is and may the force be with you always, Mr. Prowse. And, uh, moving on cause, uh, that really, I mean, that story just uh, it it buries me we've lost so many uh great people this year and uh a lot of icons have passed away this year now moving on to uh moving on to something a little bit less depressing because uh man that really uh killed me uh but a little bit less depressing we have a uh, a big thank you to uh, go uh, to CNN this week. And I know what you're thinking. No. Oh, God. What? Oh, no. Yes, yes, yes. Relax. I'm talking about CNN. Don't hit me. Relax. Calm down. Yes, I am talking about CNN, the Clinton News Network, or as some would call it, Communist News (laughs) Network. (laughs) You know, these radio shows would be a lot better if you had like a fake laugh track. What do you think there, Producer Pete? Yeah, he's shaking his head, yes. Uh, I think uh, that might be a good idea. To, from from time to time, just hit me with like with, with a, a fake laugh track. <laughs> uh, that's a little. <laughs> ah, I like that. And, you know, it, it'll be like the new sitcom, but uh, on radio. That's right. Uh, and uh, now. I'm going to go over this, and uh, this is uh, something I have a clip for also. Because this, folks, is how hypocritical some news outlets could be. And I am talking about the one and only number one news outlet 
in hypocrisy. That's right, folks. CNN. Ironically enough, James Earl Jones is a tie-in to this because he did the voice for CNN. And he did Darth Vader also. But anyway, uh, as you well know, there's a big hoopla going on right now with the uh, machines that ran the voting in a lot of these uh, swing states, like in uh, Georgia, Georgia, and uh, other places like Pennsylvania, Michigan, and uh, maybe Nevada. Couple of these uh, states that are, you know, highly contested uh, by the uh, Trump administration because uh, clearly some shenanigans was going on. I mean, uh, you know, doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that cheating happened. Why? Because cheating always happens in elections. But I think they went a little bit overboard on this one because they really wanted to rig this one really bad. So, uh, the, the got sloppy, and uh, a lot of stuff is coming out, but, uh, you know, I don't want to get too deep into some of the, the details, because that'll take about four hours, and I'm getting pinged like crazy, let me turn the audio down here, but um, there's a reason why I want to thank CNN, because as the news media is going berserk, Right? Saying, well, there's no proof whatsoever that there was a voter fraud and that these machines are a problem. Mind you, these are the machines owned by Dominion. I've talked about this in the show here before. Uh, Dominion, uh, they use uh, systematic, systematic, whatever. And uh, they use a couple other programs. Uh, and the funny thing is, uh, the point is here that you have these companies, uh, that, that are calling themselves, you know, uh, news outlets that are having people employed there that are talking heads that call themselves journalists. And they're running with this narrative that the machines are clean, right? There's nothing to it. That we're all just some crazy conspirators. A bunch of Rush Limbaugh wannabes just uh, concocting some uh, nonsense and malarkey. Well, folks, I tell you what. You know, I, I'm independent. I don't belong to the left or the right. I'm not a blood or a crip. I'm in the middle somewhere. I'm, I'm more of a constitutionalist. I follow the Constitution. I like the, the Bill of Rights. By the way, I, I, I enjoy the Constitution because it was written on hemp paper. True story. And uh, I, I do enjoy the the, the, the plant, uh, but I will say this much: this is funny to hear the news lose their mind over something like these machines being easy to rig, and they're saying, "No way, they're easy to rig. It's preposterous." You know, Joe Biden just got more votes than anybody in the history of the human race because he's that popular. Mind you, this is a guy who lost already as uh, running for president before. 
hardly campaigned, if you want to call it that. I mean, he did a room for six at one point, a room for 15. It, it was kind of, it was brutal, man, watching uh, his uh, rallies, if you want to call them that. It was brutal hearing him talk in press conferences, if you want to call them that. He often fought with people that were potential voters. You're telling me that this nincompoop got more votes than Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, and that is legitimate? Now, if you follow the progression of what in a, a logical growth from one term to another is, the number Trump got at with uh, the way that other senators and uh, you know representatives got elected in the uh, the election, or still are in the process of getting elected, the way that the blue wave didn't happen, but we had more of a red surge. And Trump getting 70-something million votes. That's a true progression from the 64 million that got in the, in the first election. Because he did marginally better with blacks and Latinos and all these other you know groups. Including members of the alphabet community. Who walked away and joined the, you know, the, the Trump train. I mean, his numbers are phenomenal, okay? This was a landslide victory. But here's the kicker. Now, our friends on the left are saying that it's just the Rudy Giuliani conspiracy and the Trump conspiracy, that there's nothing to these machines being corruptible, right? Well, I want you to hear what they were saying when one Barack Hussein Obama was, uh, well, asking questions about these same machines. So, in other words, this is almost the same scenario, but on the flip side, okay, this is directly from CNN a few years ago. <clears throat> and I want you to pay close attention, folks. This is a smoking gun audio. For the next time you want to talk about real and fake news, yes, CNN feeds you fake news. If this does not sink in, then I don't know what will, I don't know what it, it will take to convince you that you're being fed fake news by the mainstream news outlets. But don't take my word for it. Listen for yourself. Antonio Mujica and his partner Alfredo Anzola received a small business loan from the Venezuelan government only months before the recall election. These corporate registration documents from Venezuela show the Venezuelan government owned 28% of the stock of another company they started, Bizta, which adapted voting software for the Smartmatic machines in the 2004 elections. The same document shows a Chavez government minister, Omar Montillo, was on the board of directors. 
The Chavez government gave Bizta, Smartmatic, and another company a $91 million contract to run voting machines for the 2004 election. The next year, the owners of Smartmatic, primarily owned by Venezuelan businessmen, bought Sequoia, one of the top electronic voting system companies in the United States, for $16 million. Smartmatic is a labyrinth of international holding companies owned by Venezuelan businessmen. Smartmatic Group NV of Curaçao, Netherlands, Antilles, owns Smartmatic International BV of Amsterdam, Netherlands, owns Smartmatic Corporation of Florida, which bought Sequoia Voting Systems of California, USA. When Smartmatic bought the U.S. voting machine companies, the U.S. government did not review the sale. Many experts say those voting machines were manipulated in Venezuela to give President Hugo Chavez a victory. Exit polls done by the U.S. firm Penn, Schoen, and Berland had Chavez losing 41% to 59%. But the next day, Chavez declared victory, reversing the score, saying he won 59% of the vote. Everything was computed in the favor of the government. So uh, the, the, the only explanation is that the Smartmatic machines had been programmed in that way. A Harvard mathematician crunched the numbers on the Venezuelan election. It had, had to be the Smartmatic system. All these machines talk to a central computer and report on their results. And in, in, that, in that mechanism, as they communicate with the center, the central machine can report anything. Smartmatic is technically based in Boca Raton, Florida, but the president of the company, Jack Blaine, testified to the Chicago City Council. Fewer than a dozen Smartmatic employees work in Florida. The majority of the workers are based in Venezuela. Well, I'll be damned. Doesn't that sound familiar? Now, that's back in uh, the day when Barack Obama was uh, running for, I believe, re-election. That was uh, from CNN, folks. That's not brand new. That's old. That is from CNN when they were worried that it was being done to them. And, and when they realized that they could work with these machines, well, guess what they've been doing since? Well, they've been working with the machines, and that's why they—that's how they've been rigging these these things. Now, there's a lot longer clips on that on the internet, but they're being taken down, as you can imagine, very quickly by YouTube, and the algorithms on Facebook are knocking them down almost automatically at this point. Yes, folks, they are censoring the information. They are doing that on purpose because they want to continue this fake narrative that Joe Biden is the president-elect. The Electoral College is not decided yet, folks. This thing is not over. Um, there's mounting evidence that this was a rigged election. And Pennsylvania is on the bubble. I know that senators there are going to look into possibly giving the electoral uh, vote to Trump because they know that shenanigans were in play. doesn't matter what the, uh, the judge had said earlier. Um, well, I know they tried to certify, but they're taking the certification back, according to the senators, and they're going to uh, award it to Trump, according to sources anyway. Uh, that's not confirmed, I think, till December 4th or the 14th is when they'll get together and start uh, putting this together. But Joe Biden is not the, the president-elect yet. 
So this hasn't been conceded. Now a lot of people are saying, well, you know, Trump, um, you know, he, he told uh, the transition uh, they could start taking their uh, transition team and getting uh, all the information they need by the ASG and this and that. But the only reason he, he did that is because the uh, lady who was involved, I forget her name, I don't have the notes uh, with her name here with me, but she was um, getting death threats, apparently. And, uh, you know, that's not good. So to avoid anybody getting hurt, uh, because the left will hurt you, folks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah believe it or not, uh, they, they will. They will hurt you. And they'll... they'll kick you when you're down, they'll punch you like they did Rick Moranis when you're just walking along, uh, so you got to be very careful. So, to avoid any uh, issues going forward, Trump said, you know what, yeah, just, uh, you know, do whatever you, you have to, uh, uh, you know, get done, so... In case, you know, the, the election doesn't swing his way, uh, whatever, they can continue from there. But at no point did he concede the election. And, uh, I mean, anybody who believes that he's conceded is really uh, not doing, you know, their job at all. Okay? Uh, again, they're not researching any of this stuff for themselves and I don't understand what it is he's, he's, he did and what it is that he is saying. And uh, he has not conceded the election. Uh, but this is funny. When you listen to that audio clip that I played and you understand that CNN knew of these machines, right? They, they ran a report talking about how dangerous these things were, right? Saying, well, these, you know, machines were from Chavez regime. And these machines are very easily hacked into and yada, yada, yada. You know the thing. But now... When the shoe's on the other side, the, no, the, the thing is now what you know, we, we talked about then, and eh, other things changed. Yeah, they're, they're, they're clean now, you know, they, they have only overthrown, you know, a couple elections here and there, you know, like, pff, no big deal, you know. That, folks, is hypocrisy 101, but what do you expect I mean, this is what the media is uh, these days. They're a bunch of hypocrites. And this is why, um, you know, I, I, I tell you, this is why the uh, the powers that be, I think, are going to make it so uh, the, the right people continue their work. And I, I'm telling you, the Dominion situation is going to flip a lot of these states over because there's definitely been tampering with the, with the selection. There's been rigging. And again, Trump did not concede. He just told the GSA, uh, go ahead and, and let them do whatever they need as, uh, you know, a backup plan in case, you know, the 
main objective, I guess, is not met. See, what happens is the media runs with everything that Trump does, and they make a, a, a big mountain out of nothing. And they they say, look, this is what he means. But, you know, 99% of the time, it's not even close to what he means. This is another case. At no time that he said, I can see the election, Joe Biden is now the vice, or uh, the, um, uh, yeah, the president-elect, he is no longer the vice, he is not the, uh, uh, um, the president-elect. That never happened, folks. And he doesn't sound like that either, I don't know why he did that robotic voice. Um, it should be more like, Joe Biden is not from China. That's not even, that's not good either, no. Yeah, Pete's shaking his head, no. Anyway, got to work on my President Trump impression, but uh, he he hasn't conceded. He just doesn't want people to get murdered, okay, especially the lady uh, from the GSA. He just doesn't want people to die over something, you know, this crazy. But to, to say that, uh, you know, uh, this is uh, not a rigged election. you got to be living under a rock, folks. By the way, her name is, uh, thank you, Pete, uh, Emily Murphy. She's the chief administrator of the GSA. There you go. Th- thank you, my good producer friend, producer Pete. And uh, shout-outs to him. Uh, yes, administrator chief Emily Murphy. And apparently she was getting death threats. I mean, who, I mean, seriously. I mean, her job was to, like, you know, clear funds and, you know, just, you know, get him some intel, make sure his transition team is ready on his fake uh, president-elect office, which he's, like, hiding in now because they put, you know, the the sticker on the wall, president-elect. When, again, that's another Joe Biden lie. I mean, that dude just lies on top of lies, over lies, just lies. uh, His name should be Joe Lyon. Because Joe is lying all the time. My goodness. Again, he's not president-elect until he has certified the Electoral College, which they haven't done that yet. I mean, he's presumed by the media, but the media does not pick the president, folks. Okay? The media just does not do that. Now, I want to give a quick uh, shout-out to whoa somebody's driving really fast outside um the officer tatum on youtube there's a very funny clip i'm gonna play here with uh the officer tatum if you guys haven't heard his show on or watched this stuff on youtube very very funny dude uh but he had a clip on joe biden which uh was uh a few days ago but since we've been off the air and uh this was from uh, actually just a couple of days ago when he posted this, two days ago, I think. But it's uh, Joe Biden uh, showing us how religious he really isn't. I mean, I'm look, I'm not the most religious person in the world, but I, you know, I, I know there the difference between words. Apparently, Joe Biden doesn't listen to this. This this is the one that might just make you wanna. Shed a tear or two, or maybe pull your pants and laugh. And I don't know. Can somebody help me interpret what Joe Biden said the other day? 
and quoting a scripture out of what book I don't know. It's not the Holy Bible because I have never heard a promise in the Holy Bible. I never heard it. I don't know what I don't know what book. I know the book of Psalms, but I don't know. I don't know the book of Palms. And there's no way on God's green earth that Joe Biden has been to a church more than five times in his life. If he don't know the difference between a psalmist and a and promise, which I don't even know what that is. Everybody knows that the P on the front of Psalms is silent. It's Psalms. It's not palms. Any real Christian or anybody know anything about Christianity knows how to say that word. He is supposed to be a devout Catholic. There ain't no way a devout Catholic don't know what Psalms are. And I'm not a devout Catholic, but I know devout Catholics that say that they read Psalms every service. And this guy saying he is. But I want you to listen to what he said. So you, you don't, tell, don't take my word for it. Don't believe me. I want you to hear what Joe Biden said. The fakest Christian on planet Earth, in my personal opinion, because in the reading, let me say why I say that. They railed Donald Trump when he had the Bible upside down, which it doesn't matter. He's just holding a Bible in his hand. He had a Bible upside down, and they said, he's a devil. He know nothing about God. There's no way that he could be a Christian man. This is the evidence that he's a, it's a photo op. Well, your boy Joe Biden is reading a teleprompter. So clearly he didn't even write it if he don't even know how to write it in properly. And y'all don't say nothing. All right, but I'm, I'm going to expose you. Don't worry. I'll put it on the screen. Let's put him on the screen so y'all can hear exactly what he said. So there's no there's no question. A shout out to my boy ABL um, because I got this video from, from Anthony Brian Logan. Uh, if y'all ain't following ABL, you tripping. All right, roll the film. And if we do, and I'm sure we can, we can proclaim the palmist with the palmist who wrote. <laughs> oh, my God. Are we laughing yet? Uh, God damn it! That, that was very inappropriate. Very inappropriate there, Pete. But my goodness, folks. What's a palmist? Uh, what, what, Joe? The palmist. What? The palmist. Uh, maybe he's thinking about the palm of his hand as, you know, he liked to rub them on little girls or on himself. I don't know. Joe Biden is such a phony. Wow. Look, I'm not a uh, <clears throat> devout Christian myself or a religious man by any stretch of the imagination. I, It's just not my thing, but I have respect for all religions. You know, I, I it's like my, my politics. I'm either, you know, Democrat or Republican. I'm in the middle. I'm independent. I used to vote Democrat. I left the plantation. And uh, the last election, I voted for Trump, which is the first time I've ever voted for a Republican. And I voted for him again during the re-election, which is the second time I ever voted Republican uh, or towards Republican. I voted down the middle, you know, for the candidates that, that were decent. But there weren't that many on the, on the left, uh, sadly to say. That's why I left that party, because 
Not a cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs on the left-hand side, folks. And uh, when I decided to go down the middle, I said, this is the path for me. I'm really more of a constitutionalist anyway. And uh, I do enjoy my freedom of uh, speech, bare arms, uh, expression. Uh, let's see. There's a whole lot of them in there that I do uh, enjoy. Uh, you know, I'm all for smaller government. I don't need government within, you know, every inch of my, uh, every fabric of my being. So there's a lot of things in the conservative side that I do agree with, uh, which are straight from the Constitution. So, uh, you know, when I'm looking at the candidates, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to vote for the uh, more conservatives on this one. And uh, on radio, you know, for years I've listened to uh, both sides. And I tell you what, even some of the folks that I used to listen to that are, you know, Democratic really have lost their flipping minds, folks. And uh, it doesn't take, you know, a rocket scientist to figure out what's been happening this year with the CHOP Zone and Chaz and Chaz, Eddie, Chaz, Chaz, Chaz. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, that disaster... It doesn't take a rocket scientist to know that uh, this year's been uh, just one bad thing after the other because uh, the left has uh, taken advantage of either the kung flu. I mean, that really was a, a you know a gut puncher, uh, which came out of China. Thank you, Pete. Pete said that was pretty good. China. But, uh, you know, we had that. We had, of course, uh, the George Floyd... Uh, death, murder, murder, death, kill. Uh, we had, uh, you know, the impeachment stuff that went out through January. There's been a lot of stuff. And if you notice one trend here, uh, the left is in on every single one of these things. They they tried to impeach the president for, what, three years for made-up stuff just because they didn't like the guy. And uh, then you had mysterious stuff coming out of uh, the leftist China like a, a virus that uh, when the Trump said, yeah, we're going to have to like cut some flights off uh, because and then they were like, I oh, just seen a phobe racist. Yeah, nothing wrong here. We love China. And of course, now we have Joe Biden, who's tied into China directly. And uh, ironically enough, they're all corrupt. And ironically enough, so is this Dominion South where they used and uh, that's how I think this thing was uh, rigged along, folks. And, uh, you know, it's funny because they they look at you and they sell you the narrative. They're your friends. They're telling you the truth. It's really all fake news. I mean, the news media is a joke. They're, they're companies with talking heads that are not real journalists. Journalism in America is as dead as Vanilla Ice's career. Okay, well, okay, Pete's saying the vanilla ice is making a resurgence. I, I resent that remark, Pete. That's There's no way that's happening. Okay, 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 I, okay. As dead as uh, MySpace. Okay, we could agree on that. MySpace is pretty dead. Okay, good. Uh, so, there's no way, okay, uh, that you're going to convince me that Joe Biden won this thing is it, without rigging it. I mean, come on. Come on, really? Journalism is dead. They're all in on it. Uh, this has been paid for. 
All right. Uh, you know, these, these are not real journalists anymore. Journalism died a long time ago. These are paid stooges. These are all minions of the elitist that are working behind the scenes that are making this happen. Joe Biden is just a puppet, just like Kamala Harris is a puppet. And they, you know, they, they wanted these people in there. It's, it, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. You don't have to be, you know, uh, Bill Nye, the science guy, to put some uh, tubes together and mix some molecules and come up with an answer for this one. This one's pretty darn clear. Shenanigans have been afoot in politics forever. That That much is true. But like what we've seen in 2020, oh my God, I don't think I don't think I've ever seen anything like this. Now Sidney Powell has been getting attacked because, of course, she said she was gonna do what now? She was gonna release the Kraken. And I saw some of the stuff that uh, she did, and my goodness, she did just that. Somebody got clever on YouTube and made a video using. How much you selling that Kraken for, bro? Game over, bitches! Oh no! I need to stop the cracking! <laughs> I'm gonna rejoin every globalist plan! Are you ready? I was born ready! Accept defeat, Trump! You're lost! You're embarrassing yourself! They really think they won! Let them think they won! It'll make it so much more enjoyable after we're reelected! <laughs> <laughs> So Sidney Powell is going to apparently release the Kraken, and she has just uh, been doing that, actually. And uh, so far, the Kraken's been pretty good. And uh, somebody said that uh, finally we know where, uh, where Hunter Biden is because he came out with a statement asking, uh, did she say release the free Kraken, uh, the, the free crack, and where do I go for that? And then they said, no, Hunter, no, no, she said, the Kraken, not the free crack, and come get it. No, she said the Kraken. Uh, again, some of the stuff that uh, we know already is that the Dominion and Spartmatic voting machines are being uh, were being created to help Hugo Chavez win the elections. As you heard tonight, CNN reported on this, folks. So it's not just her making stuff up. So if you want to say. Oh, that Susie, yeah, Sydney, uh, whatever, Powell lady, she's bananas, man. No, that was CNN reported on that years ago, okay? What they're saying now, that she's crazy and it's all made up, that's the lie. They're, they're trying to spin it, folks, because they, they, they've been caught, okay? this is They've been caught. The Kraken is being released. Now, again, Venezuelan whistleblowers' direct testimony about the two systems include Chavez's requirements that the software would hide vote manipulation from audits. Three, the computers were also connected to the Internet. We know that already, that uh, that had manipulation uh, was able to be done and could occur from any remote location. Four, Government Kemp, or Governor Kemp, uh, SOS uh, Ruffinberger, and uh, Georgia Board of Election Hasley uh, bought domain voting system softwares and hardware despite warnings. And, <clears throat> uh, what was one of the, uh, the states there that I was having issues? 
Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. I don't know my singing voice is horrible, Pete. He's he's putting like earplugs or something. But they 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 bought. Hold on, they bought the machine, knowing that the this machine we're gonna give them problems. Really? And they're the ones having the issues with elections, and they're electing people like Keisha Lance Bottoms, who is affiliated with gangbangers? Really? Well, let's continue. Governor Kemp gave guidance, presumably using the COVID as a justification to the election officials to ignore the state's strong specific statutory voting safeguards for absentee ballots, which is unconstitutional, by the way. Numerous eyewitnesses testified that they didn't verify signatures, check security envelopes, or were allowed challengers to observe the count. This is all her releasing the Kraken, okay? And she has evidence of all this. They also allegedly destroyed documentary evidence that the law required them to retain in connection with mail-in voting. Number eight, lied about massive leak at the State Farm Arena that required them to shut down the count. Remember that one? They lied about a massive leak. There was no leak, folks. It was all a big leaky lie. No leak. Number nine, China and Iran spied on the election and possibly manipulated it. Cha-cha-cha-China. Number ten, Trump hating Eric Coomer helped develop Dominion. Okay. Let that sink in. Trump hating Eric Coomer, C-O-O-M-E-E-R, helped develop the machine Dominion, which sounds very satanic, by the way. Uh, Almost 100,000 absentee ballots in Georgia were recorded as requested and were included in the vote count, except that there's no record that they were ever returned to county election boards. What? How does that work? Number 12. Agents of China and Iran accessed the computers, and she has proof of that. Number 13. Biden allegedly won the state by 12,670 votes, but have proven the allegations in the complaint show that, at minimum, Trump lost almost 100,000 votes due to the alleged fraud because this number exceeds Biden's alleged margin of victory it requires that the election be put aside that folks is the 13 issues in the lawsuit by Sidney Powell and again she says that she has proof of everything Kraken released (laughs) Now with me is 
somebody that I've been looking forward to having for a very long time. This lady is a psychic medium, an animal communicator, a healer nurse, a demon seer, international paranormal investigator, and author about uh, for over what, 40 years of experience in the paranormal field. Now, as a child, June Lundgren uh, communicated with spirits, animals, and angels. Not me, of the, of, you know, angels from God. She uh, she served in the military where she trained as a nurse and an EMT. After returning from the military, she continued to work in the uh, medical field as a nurse and currently the founding member of GhostAndGirlsParanormal.com. And uh, it is a great deal of honor to have her on my show, finally, for the first time tonight here on the Inside of the Jackal Said. June, welcome so much to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. I know I'm going to enjoy my time with you. It should be a fun uh, hour here. And, uh, again, thank you so much for uh, understanding what happened, uh, you know, a, a few uh, weeks back. And uh, I wanted to publicly apologize because we were supposed to have you on and my good buddy, uh, you know, had uh, the incident that we mentioned earlier in the first hour with uh, the, the heart attack. And, you know, he's on the road to recovery now. And I uh, thank you for being so understanding and rebooking with us. And we really want to have a good hour with you. So, uh, you know, I gave a brief rundown here of, uh, you know, your bio. But, you, you know, it's always fun to ask, uh, you know, the person who is being the guest to, you know, Give the audience a little bit of uh, what sparked their interest and stuff. But since you're a, a psychic and a medium, I assume um, that this is something that you're naturally just born with. So my question would be, like I ask a lot of folks that I've had on who are, you know, who make the same kind of uh, claim. Uh, at what age did you know that you had the ability to be a psychic? Well, I was raised by my maternal mother, grandmother, for the first five years. And she knew within the space of a year that I was different, that I had abilities. The uh, animals would come and gather around me. And she said they acted like they were listening intently to whatever it was that I was saying. And... As time grew go, grew by, uh, my more of my abilities came out. I could speak with the animals, uh, elementals. My grandmother was a psychic medium as well, so she taught me everything that she could within her scope. And uh, Michael the Archangel was with me from my birth on, and she had never seen him before until that time. And so he spoke with her and let her know that, you know, that I was special, that I had work to do for God, and that as I grew, you know, I would, my abilities would expand, and I would start doing yeah, his work, God's work. So uh, I uh, spent the first five years with her and learned everything I could. And then I went back to live with my mother, which was not a good thing. But anyway, I've been helping people for a long time. I joined the military when I was 17 and right. left for uh, training and got my nurse's training and spent five years in and then got out and came home. They were going to ship me to, 
to Turkey, but my my origin is Greek, so <laughs> I really didn't well, want to go to Turkey. <laughs> no, Greek Turkey. Uh, sounds <laughs> yeah, delicious. But yeah, no. not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you, going back to your childhood, uh, that was very early on when they noticed that you had a, the, the ability. Uh, when you talk to animals, I mean, I'm sure that a lot of this stuff developed before you could probably even uh, put sentences together uh, as a small child because, you know, it was so early on. How exactly were you communicating? Um, I understand it was telepathically, but, uh, I mean, was it uh, just knowing that, like, that this is what they meant or was it like actual words in your mind? or I mean, how did the communication start with animals particularly? See, that's how I differ from uh, differ from a lot of people that okay. uh, have, do animal communication. I have a friend of mine, Karen Anderson. She's an animal communicator, and but I get conversation like I'm talking to you. Okay. I hear them. I hear them exactly the same way as I would a person who is dead, or you know, or uh, somebody I'm talking to. It's after they get over the initial shock of being able to understand me. Then they're happy to talk to me. You know, they're happy to tell me what their issues are. If they, you know, if that pain somewhere or if they want something out of the ordinary or something that they've been trying to communicate with, you know, their owner, all of that comes out. And usually it's, it's quite simple to, to communicate with them because they don't have all the hangups and the baggage that people have. They're very straightforward and to the point. I mean, and we have a lot of baggage. That's yeah, for, that's they, for sure. <laughs> they do not hem haw around. It's like, uh, I'd like to have more chicken, or I'd like to have more beef. <laughs> Thanks, you know. Like, well, oh, that's, that's a question actually that that, that I wanted to ask. You know, how is like the vocabulary? Because I mean, uh, do they speak to you like on the same language? For example, if you. Uh, are talking to uh, a British owner of an animal. Do they speak with an accent? Like their master? Uh, if you're talking to somebody from Nigeria, do they have like a, like a Nigerian accent? Uh, I mean, how does that work? Do, yeah, they kind of do because they listen, they listen to their master and they, you know, and their energy is such that it's pure. So what they communicate with me is usually within the dialect of whatever if the person is you know speaks another language my brain kind of heart is hardwired to interpret so uh-huh. i can i understand to me they're speaking english you know because okay. that's the way my brain is it's kind of like talking with demons you know demons speak in aramaic which is a dead language and my brain is right. hardwired to interpret it so it's the same way with animals you know, most of them after the initial shock is, is you know, because they're not used to humans being able to understand them. I'm glad you never spoke to my dog when I just uh, <laughs> had to give away. I mean, that would have been bad for me. Just... He was a good dog, though, and he's in a better place now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. One time I, had eight, I had eight dogs. Oh, well, I love animals, but it was, it was kind of tough on them because I broke my back uh, last April. Uh, not uh, this April, but the one in 2019. Yeah. And uh, it was tough because, unfortunately, the poor guy couldn't go on his usual walks, as he normally yeah. would have. Yeah. And uh, he would look at me with his face like, do you want me to pee on the floor in here? Or do you want to let me out? What's going on here? And, <laughs> yep. 
you know, I, I, yeah. unfortunately, my walks were short and brief uh, for a long time, and yeah. he suffered uh, probably like an uh, uh, what do you call it? An inflated uh, bladder. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, because because yeah, it gets tough. So I actually give it to a, a close friend. Uh, give him to a close friend uh, to, who really loved him, uh, you know, a lot. He was actually yeah. a, a, he was my mom's uh, dog, and I inherited mm-hmm. him when when she passed away. So he had been with me for a long time. It was tough to give him up, but uh, with my back being the way it is, it's been really tough to you know be as mobile as he yeah. needs me to be. So exactly, yeah, it's it's for the greater good of the animal, you know. Yeah, That's the way yeah, it is. but. I'm sure he complained a lot. So I'm pretty. Gl- I'm happy that he never got to speak to you because <laughs> <laughs> my food will never get here on time. He doesn't walk me as much. I'm yeah, sorry. That happens. That happens. You know things happen. Uh, now that's another question. Uh, you, you say that they're, they're perplexed. Uh, uh, you know, get back, getting back to like the vocabulary aspect of it. Uh, I mean, when when you hear them. It's kind of like in the movies. I'm not trying to, you know, be funny or anything. Uh, where you see like humans and animals interact, and like you know, cartoons or movies. It's kind of like that where they just openly talk. Yeah. But it, yeah. it's a, it's you could just you're the only one that can hear them. Right. It's just quite simple. Yeah. It's like sitting down and talking to your your daughter or your son. You know, they have things that they. They want to talk about, and you know, I try not to start out with, "Well, your, you know, your owner says this is what's going <laughs> on," you know, because what the owner perceives is the problem, and what the animal perceives is totally different. You know, they're usually at odds, and so I let the animal just tell me what the issues are, and we talk about them, and I interpret for the owner as well. You know, I'm kind of the go-between. And uh, it works out quite well that way. I've been able to find lost animals as well, things like that. I can, if I have a picture, I can get into their head and see what they see, which makes okay. Nice. I'm not so sending you any them. pictures. I'm not giving you any pictures of my dog. That's okay. A, a no, <laughs> we'll keep that away from me. Uh, no, but that's interesting because yeah, look, I, I grew up watching you know the old Doctor Doolittle movie, and I'm a oh, big fan yeah. of the remake. Yeah. And I, I love the subject, and it's always been something that's interested me because I do believe that animals do communicate uh, in their own way. Um, and I've seen a, a lot of evidence of that, you know, just uh, from watching, uh, not in a creepy, weird way, but watching videos of, like, you know, nature and mm-hmm. uh, apes and, uh, and the jungle and the way they, they interact with each other. And there's definitely some form of communication there. Oh, yeah. And of, yeah, uh, you know, here on Earth, you know, humans, which were so bright and intellectual, we <laughs> think the only way to communicate is with, you know, verbal language. Yeah. Uh, that, that might be a very old school, you know, you know, binary way of learning how to communicate until we evolve into a more telepathic method of communication, which I think even for, you know, jumping into some paranormal stuff, which I know you're familiar with, uh, you know, my forte for a lot of folks is ufology and, you know, what are a lot of abductees claiming, uh, since uh, the beginning of abductees? abductions and abduction phenomena that aliens speak to them in a telepathic it is, format it is yeah they do i've encountered them and and it's all telepathic just like sasquatch yeah. it's telepathic you know they don't have to be verbally 
uh, they don't have to communicate verbally. The one that I ran into up in Washington, Trout Lake, Washington, is it's all mm-hmm. done telepathically. I mean, that's a, a theme and a thread that I've uh, had so many times over and over again. You know, almost very rarely have I have come you know to because I've I've actually interviewed and I've been doing this for twelve years now. Don't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I've been doing this for a while. And I've interviewed a lot of abductees from Travis Walton, which I, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Big name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, tra- you know, Fire in the Sky. Right. Little, little movie. And, uh, you know, a lot of other folks within the world of ufology and a lot of abductees over the years have had that common thread. Very few times have somebody said, yeah, the aliens were like, uh, yeah, my name is Gary and, uh, what's <laughs> going on here on Earth? Uh, at no time, uh, almost, uh, has there been spoken word. I have seen some footage of uh, old abduction scenarios. Mm-hmm. There was one very famous where there's a black and white video. I can't remember the name of the gentleman. But he claimed that a UFO landed in his backyard. And uh, when the UFO opened, uh, they were cooking food inside <laughs> the UFO. And uh, the alien asked him for water. And he said that he verbally asked uh, for water. And he said, how do you guys know English? And he goes, we've been around, you know, one of those answers. (laughs) And you could actually look this up. I'm not kidding. This is not a joke. You could really look this. This is like black and white footage from like the 60s or 70s. And the gentleman said that uh, he was also cooking. And he went in, got the glass of water, uh, the water or whatever, and gave it to the alien. The alien uh, was very thankful. And gave him a pancake that they were cooking. <laughs> so aliens enjoy pancakes. Maybe that's why they want to outlaw and Jemima syrup. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, apparently pancakes are big in a galaxy far, far away. But uh, <laughs> this is what was given to this gentleman. And he went on video. This was reported on the news. The alien pancake. You can look that up on YouTube. I am not making that to, that up. <laughs> I, I know that there's a lot of listeners right now that are like, he is lying. That's fake news. And I'm telling you, it's not. I mean, it, it might have been by the old guy who reported it, but I'm not telling you a lie. I'm telling you the truth. That's what I saw with my eyes. It was on video, and I'm it's just fine. reporting what I saw. But, uh, you know, that's, that's one of the rare occasions. I mean, like I said, most of uh, everybody I've spoken to, June, uh, has said the same thing. Yeah, it, it was telepathic. Yeah, if you stop and think about it, uh, you know, verbal communication is kind of like uh, low low tech, so to speak. Whereas, right. you know, telepathic communication is a higher form of communication. It, it totally, it's it, it's uh, you know, it's like thinking about it this way. Uh, we've had so much advancements in technology. Would when you look at. Uh, SETI and all these other programs, and they're like, well, we've been looking for decades, and we haven't found anything. I'm like, dumb, dumb, we're looking for the intelligent life that is maybe, what, a million years more advanced than us? Yeah. Why are we looking at radio waves that is so, like, primitive? It's like our, using our voices to speak. You know, right. that might be primitive across the stars. Yes. Yeah, it is. Uh, I remember the first time I encountered one, I was, like, about eight months pregnant, and it was... About 2.30 in the morning, and I live out in the country on a farm, so we had a big, giant picture window, and I was laying on the couch because I couldn't sleep, 
and then I saw this light coming towards the house, and it it moved really slow, and I'm like, oh crap, because I could hear <laughs> the thoughts. I could hear that they were they were different. They were strange, unusual, and uh, so I'm like, really? So I, I don't want to deal with this. So I shut myself down. It's like that's what they look for. They look for people that have abilities like that. It makes it easier for them to communicate. I mean, I'm sure also people that are accepting, uh, you know, of them a little bit, or they're not as scared. Because I mean, if you go by some of the descriptions of some of these uh, beings, uh, if you're weak at heart, that might scare you to death. Yeah, so that, yeah. You know, they're not easy. To, they're not easy on the eyes. You know, Captain Kirk might say, eh, "I'll pass on that one." You know, because yeah. and he was very, very friendly to the ladies, but. Yeah, this one didn't have good thoughts as far as the, as far as humans are concerned, so that's why I shut it down. Oh, now here's a question for you, uh, and uh, this is kind of a loaded one, but why is uh, there certain individuals? And I don't know if you would have a, an answer for this or not, but uh, why is it certain individuals get told, you know, certain information and in the rest of us are not just, you know, all told that once and like, you know, that's it. It's over with. You know, what's the big secret about? Yeah, I think a lot of that is is all in how you approach them or they approach you, whether you say, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. Or you're freaked out or you're so scared you're beyond anything. And if you are, it makes it difficult, as with anybody, to communicate when the person is so scared stiff, literally. You know, if the if the individual is more accepting and they know by the telepathic communication that the individual is accepting and would understand, then I believe that's why they get more information. You know, I, I remember as a kid when I... Uh you know, did my first kind of research on the the whole War of the Worlds radio program. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. And, uh, the, you know, the whole hoopla that, that surrounded that. And I remember, you know, reading about that and, and saying, man, I can't believe people actually went on the streets thinking that <laughs> we were really being attacked by aliens. And that was a long time ago. I, you know, yeah. now... Society, I think it's a lot more ready for the revelation that aliens are are here. Um, I think you know if you look at the you know the the way that people nowadays have kind of flipped from well, there's no way it's possible to now it's like yeah it's pretty plausible. Uh, even the Vatican uh, has come out and said yeah there are brothers and sisters whoever they are they're all part of God's plan. Yada yada yada. So I mean, the, even even the Vatican is kind of like you know tooting that line. Uh, I think you know movies, TV shows, you know everything that's uh, been entertainment wise uh, that had the alien uh, kind of agenda attached to it has brought that more and more to the consciousness to the point where, I, for the most part, it might shock a lot of people. But I don't think uh, there'll be that mass hysteria that once yeah. uh, probably would have been in 1935 or 40 or whatever. Sure, sure. And and it's like anything. Like, you know, nowadays, you know, you see a lot of movies with the alien stuff in it. You see Project yeah. Blue Book, all that other stuff. It's kind of like paranormal stuff. 
there was a time when you just didn't talk about it. It just wasn't right. talked about. It wasn't, you know, in my grandmother's era, you know, our gifts are handed down for the female in each one of the lineage. And she was told by her mother, you know, you can't talk about it. You know, they'll put you in the mental institution. This has to be kept, you know, within the family. And so it was a fearful thing. You couldn't talk about it. It was not known except for by the family and few, you know, few outsiders. But now it's become more acceptable, you know, and it's more like everyday stuff, so... Well, here's going back now to, you know, the, the stuff you've done a lot of work in, uh, and, and kind of bringing it back, uh, to the, the whole speaking to animals and demons. Uh, demons, for example, I mean, how many times do you think that maybe, uh, people either mistaken aliens for demons or demons for aliens, or could they all be the same thing, do you think? No, they're not all the same thing. They're, they're totally different. If okay, if people could if people could see what I see and hear what I hear, they would know that that there's a distinct difference between them. You know, with demons, they're inhumans. A lot of people will can think that a demon is an alien and vice versa, and I don't know how. Well, could a, could a demon like maybe masquerade as an alien just to fool a person? Like, if you know. if you well, it's it's definitely possible, especially if your what a demon does is it reaches into your mind and it pulls okay. out your preconceived image of what a demon should look like. And if a person thinks that a demon looks like uh, a gray, then it will manifest itself. So that you see it as that, okay. Or, you know, and so that's that's how they do it. And it's the same way with angelic beings; they look into your mind and and pull out your preconceived idea of what they should look like. So and, I'll give you to the difference if you're looking at a, a gray, but it's really a demon. I mean, how, how would one uh, be able to if if you're at being attacked by one of these things? How exactly would you be able to distinguish? If it's a true demon. You get, uh, you know, if it was a ghost, there'd be cold spots, external cold spots. If it's right. a demon, you have, you get this cold within your core, your body core. It could be 100 degrees outside, and inside your body you can feel frozen. And you get this sick feeling in the pit of your stomach. And these are all, you know, signs and symptoms of uh, a demon. If it's... Uh, it's a, it's an extraterrestrial. That's totally different. You don't get either one of those things. You get like wow, weird type and, of situation. Uh, you might have a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. You might it might freak <laughs> out a bit. Shout out to Seth again, who's healing. Maybe yeah. he saw an alien. You know, we used to do a show called Sky Watchers Radio. It was all about UFOs. Maybe uh -huh. he saw an alien. I don't know. Could be. You know, Maybe I mean, that's what like caused said, the, the heart attack. They're quite prevalent. <laughs> You know, I'm gonna have to ask him that next time I speak to him. Do you finally see your grade, brother? Um, <laughs> uh, did that cause the heart attack? Was that the reason you needed to get this <laughs> That <stunt>? was it. Uh? <laughs> that was the, that was the reason. Yeah. Uh, no, I, you know the reason that I brought it back to demons is because I've always been uh, kind of perplexed where I've you know I've had folks that when they describe their abduction scenario with aliens. 
it almost sounds demonic at some point. So I'm, I've always wondered because I do think uh, there is, you know, like I'm agnostic, uh, Jane, to, to begin yeah, with. Like my husband. I don't, I, yeah, I don't practice any religion. <laughs> uh, but I do think there is an afterlife uh, because I've seen some stuff, which yeah. I've talked about on the show here before. And, uh, well, let's just say it's been, uh, really funny business. Some of the stuff yeah. I've seen as a kid. And, uh, you know, that's convinced me that there's something else. Uh, after this, when my mother passed away, there's a story I spoke about here where my dad saw her leave her body mm-hmm. as she was passing. We were in the same uh, hospital room with her, and yeah. uh, I was arguing with the nurse about medication she hadn't given, and I was in tears, and then my dad, you know, looked at me, and uh, he saw uh, what, the operation that, you know, the, that left her body. And uh, he said that it was a, a mist and you know, just... Mm-hmm. A lot kind of people of just, report a white mist. Yeah. yeah, like a white mist just came off her, out of her body and yeah. had like her form in yeah. a way. And the, where the head, I guess, would be looked, turned around, looked at him, and then just walked away. Yeah. And um, that was, you know, I guess the, the last uh, moment that well, he, he just looked at me and he said, just stop arguing, you know. and, uh-huh. and Because you missed it. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, I looked at my mother, and uh, you know that's uh, that was the end of. of uh, well, I don't want to continue that story, but that was the uh, the end of uh, my mother's passing. And, and uh, let's just say that my father is not religious like myself, and he doesn't make stuff up. He's a very serious, right. you know, person. And uh, that's something he said in private afterwards uh, when we uh, were discussing, you know, what had just happened because we were uh-huh. kind of uh, lost and. Uh, uh, you know, that happened to us, so I, I've always uh, been acknowledging that there is some after, you know, we yeah, pass, and there has to be beyond. some, that, yeah. yeah, there's something beyond this. So when I talk to people that have had, like, out-of-body experiences, or they've had uh, near-death experiences, or they've right. uh, spoken to, uh, you know, beings from the great beyond, or uh, they may have been in, in, in some kind of a haunted house, for example, mm-hmm. uh, I don't dismiss it as some people would. Uh, I'm skeptical of a lot of things, but I don't, I don't dismiss a lot of that stuff because I've uh, encountered some things on my on my own. Uh, and we don't have enough time to, for me to go over some of this stuff, uh, to be honest, Jen. Uh, one involved uh, the first house we lived in when we moved to Florida many years ago. And I've talked about that on the show before. An actual legitimate haunted house. I mean, if I had a, a good crew of uh, people back then that uh, were researchers, I'd uh-huh. be like, have fun. You won't last five <laughs> minutes. It was that bad. And uh, we got out, we moved in, and it was a beautiful big house. We moved out in about two or maybe in about a month, two or three weeks, maybe a month. It was bad. And uh, it, it was so bad that, that, you know, my father was like, yeah, we're getting out of this place. The rent was cheap. It was big, but we, we didn't right. last. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that was a long time ago, and the place is still up. So if, you, if any out, anybody out there with a good paranormal group uh, wants to go and take a look, I'll tell you where it's at. It's down here in Miami, Florida, and uh, it's, a, it's a heck of a place. Uh, but with that said, I, I do think that there's a connection to the afterlife that we all go to, and we you know we do ascend to another uh, right. you know, realm. Now, in, as a medium on your end you know what does that look like do you have any image in your mind any uh, idea of what the next side looks like or is it just all verbal communication oh you've been there 
Oh, I've been dead. I died in a motorcycle accident in 1988. Somebody hit oh, my wow. bike, hit me on my bike, and I was thrown across the street, and I was clinically dead for two minutes. When I went to the other side, my grandparents were there waiting for me, and Michael, the archangel, was there. And he said, this is for you to understand what you need to be doing in this lifetime. He says, this is not your time. He says, you need to go back, but you need to start doing God's work. And I'm like, okay. He says, you need to understand who and what you are. He says, your soul belongs to Ariel, the archangel. And he touched my forehead, and all of these lifetimes passed before my eyes in a matter of seconds. And he says, look at yourself. And I looked down, and my physical body was no more. It was... I was about seven feet tall, 12-foot wingspan, and I had dark auburn hair and blue-green eyes. And he says, this is who you truly are. He says, your soul is Ariel the Archangel. She's a demon slayer. You need to go back and do your work and you know, kill demons. He says, he says, that's why you can understand them. That's why you see them in their true form and why... You know, you can remove them. So the police officer standing over me was glad when I came back. But it's it's quite interesting because once you pass to the other side, it's like you almost like a computer download. You get all this information that comes to you in a blink of an eye, literally. And you have you feel this overall sense of peace and connection. I could feel God and I could feel every single soul that there was. And it's like I could sense them. I could hear them, but they were like a murmur in the background. And if I wanted to listen to one individual, all I had to do was think of them and their voice would become, you know, would come through and it would be the most dominant voice. And uh, so I thought, okay, this is cool. And Michael says, one of the things you need to understand is that in our world, as in the dark world, thought becomes reality. And it's the intention behind the thought that gives it power. And it can be this way in the physical world as well. So well, is there, a, is there a physicality to the other side? Like, are you physical but on that world? I mean, how does that work? Yeah, it's... The image—it's—it's it's hard for human, the human brain, to kind of conceive of it. So uh-huh. your brain tries to work it out so that you understand what you're seeing. So what I was seeing was how I see Michael. You okay. know, these archangels are seven feet tall, twelve foot wingspan, and right. uh, they. So I saw myself as her. And relived all those lives in a blink of an eye that she's lived. She was sent back to learn to have compassion for mankind because she had none. She ripped a demon out of a woman's body and the woman died. And so God says, "Uh uh-uh, you got to learn to have compassion. So that's why she was sent back. This is the 131st lifetime. I told God, I said, said, she must be awful darn stubborn. (laughs) And figured it out by this time. (laughs) So, so this is how reincarnation works then. So when we go back, uh, if we messed up, we're told, you gotta go back and do it again until you perfect it. 
Is yeah. that kind of like the way it works? It's kind of like that. For her, she hadn't had a human form or a physical form in thousands of years. So for her, it was really, really hard. She didn't want to be subject to a shell, you know, where she couldn't just do what she wanted to do. And for her, that was the biggest thing. And she was, she's always glad when each lifetime ends and she can go back to the other side. But it's like, that's why people, when I do removals, and she comes forward. They see the physical manifestations of her. They see wings coming out of my shoulders. They see uh-huh. my eyes. My eyes turn white. My voice changes and my face changes. So you know that's it'd be weird if it if there wasn't some kind of physical manifestation. But people have seen it so often that they're just freaked out. Well, here's is another question for you. Um, when you're on the other side and uh you're the archangel and you're being told to go back to earth and uh you know you're saying you see everything kind of at once uh is it because you're in a dimension where it's beyond space and time and you're not and you get to pinpoint what present time you get to go to do you get that choice or is it you know no, something you that's no predetermined for you get no choice you get no choice for her she gets no choice she's just reborn almost as soon as she goes to the other side she's made to come back again there's no so when you no say a thousand when you say a thousand years then how do you determine years it's not earth years i'm, I'm no, assuming it's not, it's not earth years it's they have no sense of time over there time is man-made there's no sense of distance over there as well you'll hear people say well you know i've uh, you know michael came to me you know you can come to a thousand people at the same time and talk to them because there's no distance over there it's like what i saw was like a what my mind could grasp which was like a cloud bank and uh he took me over to he michael took my hand and led me over to a place where this bay window magically appeared and he said look down there and i looked and i saw every living person in the world and they all had these pieces of thread coming up to where we were he said the people with the thread that's that is lit up are the people that have made the soul connection. The ones that are dark have yet to make the soul connection. And I asked him, I said, well, if heaven's real, what about Hmm. hell? And he raised his arm over what would be a floor and opened up, and there's this black tarry pit with people reaching up and screaming for help. And it just, and he waved his arm and it closed. I said, okay, I get it. Uh, Heaven exists, so does hell. Okay, I get it. I'm good. Now, why would... That's one of the things that's always kind of boggled my mind. Why would there be a need for hell? Um, I mean, I understand that the people do bad stuff, but if we're getting a chance to go and come back and reincarnate and try to get a, you know, correct, uh, you know, I mean, who are those that end up going to hell? I mean, you have to be, I guess, a really bad... Person that See, that's that's the thing. It's yet to understand why the dark ones exist. You have to go back and see the reason for it. The reason was at one time we had life. Like I'm life. saying, if, if if there's a place for Hitler, it would be hell. I'm just oh, saying yeah. that and putting that yeah, out there. You know, there's certain yeah, people there. that yeah, he, people belong there. 
But yeah, he's there. But the thing is, we had physical lives, you know, right. thousands, hundreds of thousands of years ago on another planet. And that's where the entity that you call, we would call God, found us. We were, um, we were very primitive people. And he helped us get rid of famine and war and disease and instead pursue knowledge. And as we evolved, we evolved into pure energy. And once everyone had evolved into pure energy, we traveled as one giant mass to all the different galaxies, saw everything that we could see and, you know, visited all these different places. And then one day, you know, the people got tired of, the souls got tired of being, you know, pure energy. They wanted to have a physical body. They wanted to know physical love again, have children. And there arose uh, Lucifer and his followers said, no, 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 uh-uh. we don't want any anything to do with that. We don't want to be subject to disease, growing old, injury. We don't want to be stuck in a shell. So that's what caused the quote-unquote war between heaven and hell. It really, there was no hell at that time. And they, when Lucifer was defeated, God says, I'm going to give you exactly what you want. You're never going to be able to take a physical form again. And he opened a rift into a dark dimension and put them in there. He said, this is where you'll exist from now on. And at first they were cool with it, like cool, you know. Lucifer's like, this is my world now. I'm head of this, you know. But over time, they've grown, you know, vengeful and angry and uh, just nasty. So that's why they tried to attach themselves to uh, white light souls, which inhabit the physical body. You have to have, you have to be pretty bad, like Hitler and Rommel, to be relegated to hell. And Mitt Romney, he's he's pretty bad. Oh, <laughs> I'm not sure about him, but he's, because, he's a bad dude. But you know, there were demons that were. Rommel had a demon attached to him, and so did Hitler, and so did Goering. So those were those demons were taken out by uh, Michael, Gabriel, and and Raphael. So those demons were removed from them, and once they were removed. Everything started to go in the toilet for Hitler. Thank God for small favors. But, um, you know, yeah, those no people, kidding. they had to answer for that. They they all have to answer. Well, it, it, this is interesting because, um, you know, you, you spoke about them traveling the galaxy. So we're talking about the, the traveled our physical galaxy as spirits. Um, and they were light beings. So they, yeah, you know, we're yeah, talking, they they were talking about energy. beings of energy beings correct which is interesting because uh for us to get from our galaxy june to like say alpha centauri or any other galaxy it's a long travel i mean we're not talking about a a weekend at the uh the old winnebago with the family saying are we there yet you know a couple hours in like a human yeah this takes a long time no this is where i'm going with this (laughs) now if you if you're like me and i'm kind of a dork for science and I, I studied a lot of like science and, uh, Einstein's theory of relativity, the uh-huh. Einstein Rosenbridge, you know, for like wormholes and whatnot. Uh-huh. And, you know, they always say, well, the wormhole is the way to get around the, uh, the need to go in a straight line to get from point A to point B. But the, the whole gist is you're still doing the straight line because even if you bend space and time, how do you get through it? 
uh, we're going straight in, uh, straight line. So no matter what, it's a straight line in. But the point is, wormholes are theoretical. But light speed is light speed. We know that exists. Now, for us to travel at light speed, uh, once we hit that wall, theoretically, and this is something science says, well, this is more plausible than wormholes, is that if you try to pass light speed, literally, you become one with light. In other words, you your physicality disappears and you literally become a, a being of energy and light because you were not made to travel at that speed. Honestly, right. we'll probably disintegrate before we even get close to like the Mach 1 of uh, right before light speed. Right when we hit like ludicrous speed and <laughs> you're, you're crazy for Cocoa Plus speed, which yep. is right before light speed, uh, once we hit those two speeds... Uh, yeah, I think we're going to be disintegrating to begin with. Uh, we probably wouldn't be conscious even halfway through that. Uh, but light speed, from what science tells us, that's the end game. And after anything after that, we're pretty much energy and light, which would be the way to travel the stars would be past light speed, unless we can make wormholes reality. But now if you're a, a higher being, like a godlike being, and whatever beings are made out of light and energy... Complex they, I'm sure, yeah, they can pretty much travel wherever they want at instantaneous speeds. And yeah. yeah, we do. It's no we, big that's deal. the thing. It's like, it's like you have to stop thinking like a human in order to right. understand that for them, one thought, if you think, oh, I'd like to go to Florida, you're instantly there. You know, it's. it's well, I must be an alien god because I'm in Florida now. Or maybe. <laughs> Maybe you need it because you're psychic. I don't know. Yeah, one well, that's why it's it's so easy for you know for them to, for us to travel as a group that's pure energy because it, we are complex patterns of pure energy and right. it which sustain themselves and remain intact. We don't disperse. The only time we would disperse is like when I kill a demon, it actually disperses. It actually looks almost like um, sand. Like slicing through a demon is like sand, you know. It's I hate it's, sand. It's it's spread out among the galaxy. It it exists no more. See, that's one of the fears of a demon is death because it cannot come back again. So once it's well, how, killed, how do you how do you kill a demon though? I mean, how, how does that white work? White light sword. Okay, explain that. <laughs> uh, pure the energy that we are when we die. Is okay. pure white light energy. It's stronger, hotter, brighter than anything you can ever imagine. And as Ariel, when she comes forth, she wields a white light sword. And if she slices through the demon, it becomes just sand and it's spread out among the stars. It's that's how you do it. That's how you kill it. With the white light sword. Demons have June, dark swords. You've just described Star Wars to me. You, you uh, realize that? Yeah, it's kind of like that. If you could see <laughs> what I see, it would be interesting. Uh, <laughs> remember when Darth Vader slices right through Obi-Wan Kenobi and yeah, he comes one with the Force? Yeah. Yep, exactly. It's kind of like and, that. And, and I reported tonight the death of David Pross, who played Darth Vader. Ironic? I think not. I think this is all brought to you by... No such thing as coincidence. No, no coincidences, folks. Um, 
Wow, no, that makes absolute sense uh, in, in some uh, weird way. Yeah, it's like I said, uh, there's only been a couple of people that ever wanted to see what I see, and they've regretted it. Because well, I, I'm open to that. Well, I'm open to that kind of thing. I mean, how could I, for example, uh, tune in more to, like, I guess, my, my psychic side? Because I, I look, I'm open to a lot of things. I've said on the show, and I'm not even kidding, this is not a joke. I'm open to being taken by aliens and, uh, and abducted. Sound like Dave Schrader. <laughs> I, 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 look, they don't even have to, like, knock me out with some alien ray gun or, uh, <laughs> shoot some crazy beam in my direction like they did to Travis Walton and knock me 20 feet in the, in the background. They could, like, throw, literally, they could throw, like, a rope ladder down at me, and well, I'll, I'll climb hope up. it's one of the good ones and not one of the bad ones. Well, even if it's a bad one, I mean, the experience, uh, June, think about it. Who else uh, gets to say, yeah, you know, I rode around with a bunch of aliens, and they needed some samples. So I gave them some samples. They brought me back. <laughs> At, at the end of the day, I remember stuff, and and I wrote in a UFO. Can y'all say that? No, I can't. So to me, that would be it would be worth the experience. And I felt pain before. Believe me, I've well, you'd I've, have to die and experience what I experienced. Yeah, see, I don't want to do that part. I've I've I'm almost died oh, three times. Come and, on. It's almost happened three times, and I've and I've dodged that bullet, and I know my time is going to be short one day, and I'm not going to be able to dodge it like Neo in the Matrix, and it's going to hit me one day right in the chest. And I'm, I'm but trying not to fear. That's the thing. I've been dead. This is my. Yeah. That was the second time I died. I died as a child, and came back. So this is, this is nothing. I mean, there's nothing to fear on the other side. Which is funny, I, I tell that to my uh, friends all the time, we get worried about like, oh man, we're getting so much older, because you know, I, I'm 42 and I'm about to be 43 <laughs> this month coming up, and I look like, I, like I'm 28. Just chicken. Yes, I look like I'm 28, I'm going to uh, be 43, and I feel like I'm 85. But yeah. here's, the, here's the thing, I have a broken back and I deal with it. Uh, but, uh, a lot of my friends are always like, oh man, we're getting so old and, you know, they're starting to feel their mortality and we're, you know, we're near and you see all these celebrities that are dying and you see, you know, all the death, uh, from COVID-19 and, you know, everything in the wars and, uh, yeah. LAPD and Miami Day Police Department and a lot of other institutions just kill people randomly, like. It's just crazy. The world is yeah. nuts. So everybody's worried about dying, right? And yeah, I yeah. tell them, are you religious? And then a lot of them are very religious. And I'm like, so what are you worried about? The yeah, next exactly. year, the afterlife is going to be great. You're going to get to kick it with Jesus in heaven. And, uh, you know, I hear they have a great sports package up there. I mean, look, <laughs> all the all the great baseball players are dead. Let's be real. You know, the yeah, best uh, athletes are, are gone. Best movie stars, you know, Marlon Brando's up there, yeah, the Godfather. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they're like by part 25 by now. So, I mean, you could just look forward to the afterlife. I'm sure you're going to have a good time. But they're all scared. Everybody's scared of dying. Yeah. And I, I understand because I'm agnostic. I don't practice a religion. And I, it's funny, I grew up Jehovah's Witness, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am agnostic now. And I, I, t- I kind of like look at them and I laugh. And I'm like fools. They're so religious, but they, they they're so scared. Yeah. Well, and here I am. I'm agnostic, and I'm not scared. 
Nah, my husband's agnostic. He he's seen some things being married to me that he don't ever want to see again. So it's like you know, like a shadow person, and and my grandmother who drops by from time to time, and he's like, I don't. It's the shadow person. He's like, what was that? I said that, my dear husband, is a shadow person. Welcome to my world. He's like, I don't ever want to see that again. I said I can't guarantee that. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, shadow people. I'm still kind of like, oh, that's because uh, you know it just it feels like they're demons. To be honest, June, and yeah. you know I have a thing about demons, poltergeists, and anything they do. You know, could actually like kill me again. Cause yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, okay. I'm not afraid of the other side. I'm not in a hurry to join okay. the other side. <laughs> you know, do. you know what I mean. So yeah. I'm a friendly ghost, no problem. Move a couple right. things around. Hey, we're cool. But when it comes to something like that, it's just it's a little bit too much for my senses. Yeah, they can kill you. You just yeah, have to. Uh, you just have a healthy respect for them. But you know, shadow people are interesting because uh, I mean that's something that. Not many people uh, report it's kind of like uh, not as heavily reported, but it is a phenomenon that has uh, a lot of people confused because Mm -hmm. you can even kind of film some of the stuff. I've seen footage of supposedly authentic shadow people. Yeah, yeah. Shadow people are, they're kind of different. They're a demon, but they're a minion and they're, they're kind of different. They like their own territory. They do not share with any other demons or anybody else. They, you usually don't find more than one in a location because of that. They do like their own company and their own territory, but, uh, they're a pain in the rear. I can imagine. Now I wanted to ask you, uh, tell me a little, a little bit more about the website here, uh, ghostandgirlsparanormal.com is the URL, correct? Yep, yep, that's the, that's my, uh, uh, paranormal investigation, uh, website. I have a sister group which I formed when I went to the UK a couple of years ago, uh, cool. Ghosts and Girls Paranormal UK. I'm going back again this coming June. But uh, the main, my main website is uh, mysticconnections.org and demonseer.com. Kind of, they feed into each other. So if you get one, you end up at the other. Cool. And uh, what, uh, you know, this is normally the time I would ask. Uh, also, do you have any conventions or events you're going to be going at? But I highly doubt that with the uh, the coronavirus. So I mean, well, I, I, March, the end, last weekend in March. Hopefully, this coming March, we're having the Oregon Ghost Conference. It's one of the biggest ghost conferences on the West Coast. And I'll be lecturing on uh, investig- negative entities and investigation, paranormal investigation. Oh, very cool. And uh, has it been kind of slow with uh, the way things have gone this year? I mean... I wish. Really? I have. When you do twenty-one removals in a week, there it's 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 ramped up unbelievably. And people contact me every day. I was going to ask you: Has it been a lot of contact because of the mass exodus of people that have died over this year? No, it's more. um, If you stop and think about it, that they're ramping up because of you know all the anxiety, all the depression, all the fear from this covid thing and they've be they've come there's more demons right now in the world than at any other time that i can remember 
Yes, we call them Congress. Yeah, yeah, yeah that too. <laughs> uh, but it's just... Lovely bunch of the are. You know, I mean, in 2013, uh, God talked to me and he said, listen, you know, it says things are going to start ramping up towards the end of the year. And I'm like, okay. He says more, you're going to see more paranormal activity. You're going to see more violence. You're going to see more mental illness, more substance abuse. And that was the year that the first school shooting happened in Connecticut where the children were killed. And that kind of, it's been ramping up since then. I mean, in January 25th, 2018, the Vatican actually came out in Newsweek and said, we are tra- we are training more exorcists than ever before in our history. The possession cases are quadrupled. Wow. And the Vatican never sticks their neck out about things like that. Yeah, so yeah, you know that's true, yeah. Yeah. You know it's bad yeah. if they say something. I'm like, I could have told you guys that a long time ago. So. <laughs> you know, I find it funny the Vatican has a telescope called the Lucifer. <laughs> I know, I love it. <laughs> What's that about? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even going there. You have no idea of some of the things that are in the basement of the Vatican. Oh, you know, I've heard like, the, the Hall of Records. Yeah, I've yeah, heard. There's a lot of stuff. There's a book. Somebody came to me, connected with me about a book that they had found in a house. The house had burned, and they were flipping the house. All the, the, the floor burned, all of it. The oak floor burned except one section. It's a perfect square. They opened it up. They found a book with the listing of every demon that you can imagine and the spells to to bring them forth and the guy says I've had nothing but problems since I opened this I said I know what, where the book belongs I said it was taken from the Vatican it's a 13th century book I said you need to call the Vatican you need to tell them what you have and get them to send someone to get it do not mail it do not do anything just have them come and get it and they did it's crazy I would love to spend uh maybe a week or two, maybe three, with a lot of Mountain Dew and just go down to the Vatican and just start reading some of these books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And not and not get any sleep. Just yeah, to go down it. there and <laughs> oh, and just see some of the stuff that's yeah, down there. So I mean, it's not just and, books. There's items, a lot of items down there that have demand attachments. Yeah. Well, not, not even so much because of that, but I mean, just to imagine the the thousand or two thousand, three thousand years worth of stuff, and that's what we are, assume that they have. They might have five, six yeah, thousand years worth of yeah, well, yeah, yeah, maybe ten thousand. I mean, the Vatican uh, has been keeping a lot of secrets from the rest of the world, folks. Sure, not they the are. Of them. So the website again is uh, mysticconnections.org, and that's your main uh, website again. And demonsear.com. Uh, demonsear.com, and of course, like I said as well, uh, the uh, ghostandgirlsparanormal.com. And uh, please check out those websites, everybody who's listening in on podcasts and uh, who's going to download this later. Check out the websites, bookmark them, and please join her next year, hopefully. Uh, the uh, conventions, and hopefully you you know you have uh, an active in the year next year, and it's all positive. Yeah. And uh, some of these demons are like a little bit less uh, active, and some of the ghosts that are a little worried, a little bit less uh, you know anx- anxious about 
you know, bad stuff happening on this side because hopefully things will be better. Yep. And uh, it's not looking good. Yeah. But, it'll, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll pass. I like to be, uh, you know, the glasses half uh, full type of guy. So I like to think positive. But yep. it's it's been a fun hour. I've loved having you on in uh, June. Uh, may I call you June, by the way? Oh, after yeah, the yeah. After the end of the show, I'm going to ask you, may I call you June? Uh, <laughs> but no, you, you've uh, uh, you've been awesome. You've been lovely. Uh, thank you so much again for being here the entire hour with me and uh, spending uh, this uh, time getting to know us. And Again, uh, hopefully we could have you on in uh, you know much better times uh, here globally, and we could yeah. uh, talk a little bit more about what's going on with the uh, the world of the paranormal, and uh, you know I want to get more into uh, you know some of the uh, websites and the work that you've been putting out there. So again, please everybody check out the websites, bookmark them, and uh, keep up to date with us uh, to, to what you're doing. And I want to you know let my audience uh, definitely uh, be more in uh, you know. And connected with uh, your work and, and what uh, in the near future. So thank you so much again. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed myself. You're lovely. And I'm going to let you go now because I have a show coming up and they're going to kill All me right. if I go over. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, right. dear. You've been Take lovely. Care. Bye. Bye. Folks, that is June Lundgren. And you've been listening to Inside the Jackal's Head right here live on psn-radio.com. Stick around, there's more to come. And uh, do one thing for me. Stay safe, stay sound, stay dry. Stay kung flu free. But most of all, stay alive. I'm Angel Espino. If you like what you heard, please check out my work over on angelespino.com. And if you uh, enjoy what I do and you want to contribute, check out the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Angel Espino. And uh, join in on the fun, please. Every uh, little bit helps and it keeps the lights and the rent paid for as uh, well as possible. Uh, it's something we're, uh, you know, really depending on with the tough times. So please, please help us out. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash Angel Espino. And you can find that if you are having a hard time on my heart. Uh, you know, if it's hard to find it on Patreon, you know, just go to angelespino.com. That's my main website, www.angelespino.com. And you'll find everything you need right there, including all my free podcasts, again, for free. Until next time, folks, this Thursday coming up at 10 p.m. Eastern, live again on PSN Radio.